This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to a Thursday edition as we inch closer to week one of the regular season. I got to tell you, it's going to be a long wait until Monday night. My gosh, it's going to take forever. We're going to watch all these other teams play football, including tonight, Chiefs-Lions, as real football is back. The kickoff game with the Super Bowl champs and the Detroit Lions. I got some dudes coming over for a watch party at the house. Wow. Uh, Start well, early. it's a watch party of the house, and then we're also going to divvy up the hockey tickets. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you told me you gotta, that. The hockey game, hockey game draft. Game. Yeah, we, I've got some guys who share my season ticket. Well, I share them with them. And oh, nice they come you. over and pick games, and I pick games, and here we go. Well, Let's go. Yeah. Players back out on the practice field today. Micah Hyde participating on a limited basis. He was out there yesterday dressed for practice, but there was no practice report because the game is Monday night. The first practice report will come out this afternoon, but Micah Hyde limited in practice today, still working out the kinks with the back injury. Coach McDermott continues to say they'll take it day by day. Bill's practice updates presented by LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. So we'll see how he makes his way through the week and what his official designation is today. I'm assuming it'll be limited. And uh, we'll just go from there. I mean, he does have an extra day with the game being on Monday night, so that's a plus. And we'll see where it goes from here. Um, That's really the only major update uh, concerning practice at this point in time. And, you know, we as we get more bits and pieces about the Jets, Steve, a little birdie told us down New York Jets way that it looks like Carl Lawson, one of their starting pass rushers, will be back for this game. There was some doubt that a back injury he suffered in the preseason and kept him out for the final two preseason games for the Jets might jeopardize his availability for week one against the Bills. But it appears that he practiced yesterday. We'll have to see how he makes his way through the rest of the week. But Carl Lawson, who missed his entire first season after signing with the Jets as a free agent due to an Achilles injury, is back and is labeled or listed as one of their starting defensive ends. And behind him are two first-round picks, Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald, the 15th overall pick in this year's draft. They got some horses. Folks, they got some guys. They got some guys. This is going to be a tussle, a real tussle. It would be a tussle even if Vaughn Miller was 100%. I mean, it's... The Jets are a really good football team, and they're rejuvenated. They got some high expectations. They got some momentum coming in. Uh, it's a little bit like the Bills last year in L.A. showing up out there on the road, although they were on the road. Uh, the Bills walking in there, you know, uh, into the world champions last year. This is going to be every bit of walking into that this year. This is a team that uh, is talented, hungry, all of that. Yeah, I think I I keep telling you, I think this is the hardest game on the schedule. All seventeen weeks, all eighteen weeks of seventeen games, this is the hardest game. This is the most difficult game for the Bills to win because of the unknowns of a new team, new coordinator, new quarterback, all that stuff. Hostile atmosphere. Hostile atmosphere on nine eleven, twenty second anniversary of that, and walking in there with the Bills having a lot of new faces too, getting ready, improved faces. Yeah, all of that stuff. Not a chance to game plan or scout these guys. You know, preseason games mean nothing. Um, There's a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. Now on both sides, too, 
But I think this is going to be the most difficult game of the year for the Bills to win. And, and really, because of that, yeah. because it's hard to prepare for it. Plenty more to discuss on the game in just a second. But we wanted to tell you that with the dawn of another regular season comes challenges for you as a Bills fan. And Steve and I, while we are here to entertain you Monday through Friday and, you know, give you a laugh, keep you informed about the team, we also are here to serve you in a different capacity come football season. And to kind of explain just what we're getting at, I'd like to just uh, play this public service message for you. <laughs> hey, Bills fans, if your relationship with your significant other or your job gets more complicated to manage during football season, consider this a public service message for you. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker here for you. And when you've been around the NFL as long as we have, we know at this time of year you have priorities concerning your Buffalo Bills. So whether it's an ill-timed two-year-old birthday party at 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon or the wedding of a distant relative that Grandma says you've got to go to, we've got your answers. Just call us here on One Bills Live on our football relationship hotline presented by Pepsi every Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m. at the number on your screen or tweet us your dilemma at One Bills Live. Because we not only have the answers, we've used them ourselves. Give us a call every Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m. on the football relationship hotline. So there it is, the football relationship hotline. You can call us right now if you want. 716-803-0550, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. And really what we're getting at here is, look, sometimes during the season you're in a pickle. Like, you got a kid's birthday party at 1 p.m. on a Sunday and the Bills are kicking off. You don't want to be that idiot uncle watching the game on your phone. you got to come up with a better solution than that. Steve and I have been in a lot of these situations, and, and we've got some answers for you. Yeah. I mean, Steve's got another wedding he's got to go to for his son later this season. How's yeah. he? How's he finagling that? You know, he's he'll yeah. have a plan. So the, the if answers you, aren't always pleasant, but they are appropriate and they work. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a dilemma concerning your football watching habits, and you know your significant other or even your job's getting in the way of your football watching enjoyment, you let us know what your problem is. At 803-0550, And Steve and I are here to help you out. We're here to help Absolutely. you out. It's the football relationship hotline. How to make your football relationship stronger in the midst of commitments to your marriage, your significant other, your job responsibilities. As We're here to help you navigate your way through all of that and come out smelling like a rose. As, well, as, as we all know, Bills fans are all in it together, so we're here to help. Yeah. So if you have something that is troubling you with something on the Bills schedule and you're wondering how you're going to figure it out, whether it's travel plans, meeting up with friends, and you have some other conflicts that are in the way, present them to us. We'll help you out here. The Football Relationship Hotline presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. This week's game sponsor, by the way, is the BFLO Store, an official retailer of the Buffalo Bills here in week one. We heard from Sean McDermott again today, Steve. Interesting that a bulk of the questions dealt with his dual role as head coach and defensive coordinator. And Coach McDermott, through the course of the preseason up until now, he described it as challenging because there are certain places where he has been over the last six years as a head coach where he can no longer be because of the time commitment that the defensive coordinator job demands of him. 
and he gave uh, full marks to his coaching staff for filling in the gaps to be where he cannot be at times. But he's also enjoyed the benefit of being around the players more in the meetings, coming up with solutions with scheme and game plan and stuff like that. So it seems like he is still working through how his daily duties are different here at One Bills Drive. But I think on the on the whole, he's enjoying it. Absolutely. In fact, it's it's interesting to listen to him talk about it, and and the players have been asked about it as well. And they're he has made it a point to be to tell those guys, hey, listen, just I'm not the head coach when I'm in here. I'm the defensive coordinator. That kind of demarcation it means a little something to the players, no question. Um, I think he's probably has a different demeanor when he's a defensive coordinator in talking to just the defense, uh, and. I think the players appreciate it and notice it. Um, and I also think, too, you can tell by talking to him and hearing all the questions he's fielded about this aspect of his coaching duties, this staff and he have really gone down a rabbit hole talking about situations in games where this is happening, this is happening, that is happening, what's going to happen, who's going to talk to this guy, who's, I can't do that. You have some, who's going to take that? Who can talk to Josh Allen between plays? Who can talk to... Uh, you know, who can talk to the offensive side, who can talk to the offensive staff while I'm being defensive coordinator and have my eyes on the field. Um, a lot of communication. I mean, that's all a coaching staff does all the time on game day. They are talking back and forth constantly. Guys upstairs in the booth, there's like six or eight guys up there with headphones on. The coaching staff, there's six or eight guys on the sideline with headphones on. There's two players, one on offense, one on defense, with a radio headset that gets talked to by the coordinator. All the information, and they all have a Live analytics. It's live analytics, right? Game management. Yeah. Um, we going for it on this fourth down? Right. What's the win probability enhancement here? You'd be shocked at the complexity of the communication process that goes into it because of the position coaches, the defensive position coaches, the quality control guys on either side of the ball – talk to the guy just above them and the guy just above them talks to the coordinator and the coordinators talk to the coach right and then the game there might be a guy with a little outside loop like a game management guy that has to be able to chime in to the head coach right away and say hey listen think about a timeout right now you know or if this happens take the timeout or if this happens don't take the timeout here let's wait all of that stuff goes into it and you know, that's why you see some of these coaches get caught once in a while and they're sprinting down the sideline because that communication just got to them and says, hey, you got to get the timeout quick after this whistle and the ball line of scrimmage is down the, in the red zone. He's got to sprint. Down. You see coaches do it all the time. All of this stuff is now part and parcel on and off his plate where it hasn't been for six years. Mm-hmm. And... It was a, it's a huge issue, and I'm sure he didn't make that. When Leslie Frazier stepped away for a year, I'm sure this wasn't a, a, a decision that was made lightly. There's a lot in it, a lot in it, as you can tell by the way I'm going on and on about it. It's complicated, man. Oh, it's complicated. It's complicated, and, and, they, and, they, and they're trying to adjust to what the other team's doing on a play-by-play, yeah. play, certainly series-by-series series, uh, basis. So it's a different kind of balance that Coach McDermott has to strike here. But he did say being a head coach for the last six years, he feels, has made him a better defensive coordinator because he's been 
more readily exposed to the other phases of the game in a more direct way. When you're the head coach, you're trying to touch everything. You're sitting in all the rooms here, there, and everywhere through the course of a game week. So you're getting this input and this feedback and this dialogue. And as a head coach, you you absorb all of that. And maybe you see some things a little bit differently than you did from your respective side of the ball as a defensive coordinator coming up the coaching ladder. And so he believes that he is even more equipped now to be a successful defensive coordinator than he was when he rose up through the ranks all the way to a head coaching post in this league. So I'm, I'm, I think it's probably one of the most overlooked changes for the Buffalo Bills coming into this season, his impact yeah. as a defensive play caller for this team. And this is let, – let's not forget, Steve, this perennially, perennially has been – a top five defense for the better part Absolutely. of the last four years. I mean, everybody talks about the offense, and we wonder, we always know why, you know, offense gets the headlines. It's the exciting stuff. Oh my gosh, look at this, look at that. This defense has been damn good uh, for the last several years. And now you're getting a play caller with a proven track record who now who considers himself a better defensive coach than when he last did it. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I think it's being grossly underestimated. The impact that he is going to have. It'll be interesting to see what we notice. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're, you know, we don't, I'm not a film junkie. You know, I'm, I I would know if I, the players are certainly going to know when they get, and they probably already do, they get a sense of how it's different, particularly in the meetings, obviously, because there's a different guy doing it. But in the game, the players are going to come off the field after a couple of series, and they're going to go, bro, how about that? How about our guy? You know, if it's going well. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and that's it. You're right. Players, particular, you know, obviously, Hyde and Poirier are really going to notice that. You know what I mean? The the veteran guys are really going to notice it. Milano's really going to notice it. Tredavious is really going to notice it. These guys that have been here through Leslie and all this, where the defense has gone from just okay to all of a sudden top five every year, they're going to say, "Wow, this is yeah." There's this guy's thinking differently. So we'll see how what that means, uh, but we won't. You know, we're gonna have to just like, oh my gosh, they're sending another. You know, it's another blitz or not another blitz, or they're dropping out, or there's only three men rushing. What's going on? That right. kind of thing. I believe it was Adam Benini from Channel Two who asked him the question today. He he referenced a quote that Coach McDermott said earlier in the season when he first made the decision to be the defensive coordinator, saying he wants this defense to embody his personality as a coach. And so he was asked, what is that personality? And he kind of couched it with his answer. He was playing a little coy. But I go back to 2018. And I remember a press conference with Sean McDermott coming off a season where they exceeded expectations, made the playoffs in 2017. He was asked about his defense in 2018. And he said, I want this defense to be more nasty. I want some nastiness to this defense. He's not talking about dirty play. He's not talking about taking people's heads off, anything like that. I think he just wants them to be physical, provide a measure of maybe even a little intimidation to have offensive players thinking about, hey, when I come across the middle, I'm getting a lick. Um, I think there's an element of physicality that Sean McDermott wants to inject to an even greater degree 
into his defense. He's not saying it now because right. we're in the regular season, probably doesn't want to create any bulletin board material, but I get the sense that he wants opposing offenses at the end of a game to know that they played the Bills' defense and feel it. Yeah, I think you and I have noticed it too. He tends – he gravitates – and the club gravitates. I think Brandon Bean is on that schedule too. They draft guys with a little grit. You know, Christian Benford's a perfect example. Levi Wallace was a perfect example. Dane Jackson's a perfect yeah. example. These guys who are – Taron Johnson. Fr- Taron Johnson's a perfect example. These guys that are fringy guys that are, you know, you know maybe good at – Matt Milano, same thing. Just there's something about them that's serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very serious. Really serious. Um, and he – I think that's kind of – you can bet that that's what his defense is going to look like. There are going to be some some dudes out there. Um, not that they haven't been in the past, but I, I think that's the way he wants it. And maybe maybe it always has been. Maybe that's why it's a top five defense because he's put, picking the guys for Leslie Frazier to coach. But that I think you're right. This is a, an underrated aspect of this year's roster is to what it's going to look like when they've got a different mind calling defensive signals. They have been top five for a handful of years. But they've been, let's face it, they've been unspectacular. You know what I mean? Yep. They've and we've been, talked about that too. You, you never see a, very rarely do you see these plays like, oh, wow. In 2018, when, no, 19, when they went to the playoffs for the second time and the first time with Josh Allen as their starting quarterback, they got off to a start in 2019 that was fueled by big defensive turnovers. They, they were getting them hand, by the handfuls. Uh, and then it cooled off later in the year, but that start that they got because of the turnovers fueled them. And then you've, you've never seen it since. Certainly they've gotten some turnovers. They had like 27 last year. But man, oh man, we, this has been a defense that, to me, has lacked the big play. Even with, you know, Poyer and Hyde playing as good as they're playing and all that. Uh, and there's been some splash plays. Like Taron Johnson interception return, 100 yards or 99 yards for a touchdown. You know, the Micah Hyde interception with Mac Jones in the playoff game. You know, there's been a couple of those. But this has been a team that has lacked that as an identity. Their ability, like, you just knew they were going to do it at some point. It's too much of a surprise these days. Yeah. And I, I get that. Um, I'm also – I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like what we're going to see on Monday night just in terms of like are are the Bills ultra aggressive like you know like a basketball team full court press and you're like whoa where is this coming from like what rabbits are going to get pulled out of the hat Monday night because as you mentioned on yesterday's show this is the week of the unknowns. Yeah. The Jets don't know exactly what the Bills are going to do. They might have an idea, but exactly how is it going to look? They don't know. And the Bills don't really have a firm handle on how it's going to look from the Jets on, in all three phases. So I think that's what makes these week one games so intriguing because the cards are not all on the table right now. They will be as we get through each successive week. And then, you know, by week three or four, most teams will have a bead on their upcoming opponent. Right. That is not the case this week. 
and it just adds an extra level of intrigue to how the game is going to unfold, who's going to have the upper hand early, who might pull, who might be holding on to something for a little bit later in the game to unleash yeah. and catch them by surprise when they really they have a gotta-have-it play when they're down seven and really need to even the score and that kind of thing. I, I love that back-and-forth stuff. And the way, the, the way all these teams dissect film, and they're, you know, it's a science, um, most teams don't even know themselves as well as they'd like to. You know, they just don't know because they don't know how other teams perceive them. They don't know what they're really good at. And the stuff they've seen in practice in the preseason, certainly they've had players that looked really good and really productive, and you're really excited about seeing them in the regular season. But they're not sure. So it's just like that. I mean, the Bills will find out some things about their own roster and about their own players in the next couple of weeks and finally get an identity. But while they do that, everybody else will be doing that about them as well. And the Bills will be doing it about the, all their opponents as well. They will start to say, okay, they're doing this because they don't think this guy can hold up in a different scheme over here. That kind of thing. It's, they get down to the minutia. And so as much unknown as there is for the Bills about the Jets, there's also unknowns about the Bills about the Bills. And vice versa. So this, this opening weekend is always, you know, it's, it, it can be a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. But – it's so yeah, you can't wait though. I mean, this is gonna be it's gonna be so fun. These two teams, I'm telling you right now, both these teams are gonna be in the playoffs at the end of the season. And it's gonna be a playoff type atmosphere in nine on nine eleven in New Jersey coming up too. We wanna to remind you that it is Thursday and this is the debut of the football relationship hotline. You have a problem with your football reviewing habits and your family or your job getting in the way. Steve and I have your answers. You can call us at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. We also want to bring to you some comments from the players who addressed the media this week concerning this matchup with the Jets in Week 1. Uh, it's called Sound Bits, and it's presented by Tim Hortons. Head coach Sean McDermott, quarterback Josh Allen, defensive end Von Miller, all talk about the week one matchup against their divisional rival, the New York Jets. You know, these are the games that you play for. This is what makes our game great. Um, got Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Monday Night Football. It's the last game of the week. Um, you know, the Jets are not the same Jets team that they've been in, that they've been in the past. You know, the Buffalo Bills, we've been playing great football for a while here. And, you know, it's going to be a great game. It's the most important game for us because it's it's the game we're playing this week, um, and we have a lot of respect certainly for the Jets and their coaching staff. And you know, it's our 53 versus their 53, and you know whoever plays the best on Monday night is going to win. So uh, it's it's no doubt that the the feeling on game day um, within the stadium, the juice that those fans are going to have having a first ballot Hall of Famer take take the, his first real snaps for a team. I know that they're excited for that. So. Um, that's why and where we need to rely on our captains and, and our leadership and experience uh, to make sure that we're staying calm and, and ready and focused to play a game. Everybody out there is eager. Everybody out there missed football. I'm saying it's your first time getting to compete at a high level and it matters. I'm saying the preseason, you're kind of getting the wrinkles off, but that first game, I feel like it's also finding yourself. I'm saying what kind of team you got, uh, uh, figuring out your identity and all the stuff that you've been putting on tape, consistently working that, kind of getting to actually put it to use. It's a division game early. like So this is a playoff game early for us like that. Intensity is going to be up. Intensity is going to be high. And uh, it's going to be 
fireworks first game of the season. So you have no room to really get your feet wet against anybody, but especially a divisional opponent. It's, it's going to be, you know, one of those legendary games. Um, there's going to be a lot of chess match out there. Um, you know, he and and we're going to have to play well, extremely well to win. Um, you know, try our best to, you know, we're going to have to tackle out in space, um, try our best to, to give them different looks. And, uh, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, we got to be able to make the plays. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, Monday night football opener, you know, in New York City on 9-11. I mean, this is as big time football as you can get right here. So that is Sound Bits, presented by Tim Hortons. Get the app, get rewards. Um, what's your biggest takeaway from those comments? The identity comment by Stefan Diggs or the atmosphere comment by Jordan Poyer? Because the Bills have been in these atmospheres before over the last several years. 5-0 and in primetime games last year, by the way, not for nothing. Um, that mean, yeah, that means they're due, right? Do you have a well, no, late stinker the, or what? The Jets no. haven't played in nearly as many of the, as those. And by the way, they were 0 2 in their primetime games last year. So it's different. Yeah. I, I think I take more out of the, like I was talking before we did the sound bits. It's Steph Diggs saying, listen, we got to find out who we are too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I know this too. I, we've said it a, a gazillion times, and I'll say it until I think it's not true. Josh, Steph, there's a couple of guys. Vaughn, when he's healthy, they like the spotlight. They love these games. They play well in these games. They kind of try to show off in these games. Uh, and it carries a lot of guys along with them who maybe not be in that mindset, but man, oh, man, that it, it's contagious. There's some guys I want to see play um, also, like Kincaid and James Cook. I want to see those guys. But – I think this that's what sticks with me is Steph Diggs talking about, listen, we got to find out who we are. Um, this is also a game that is, is ex- extremely important and really a plus for a team who's got strong leadership in the locker room. Guys like Josh and Steph and Mitch Morse and Poyer and Hyde, Vaughn, guys that can that guys look to and say, hey, what about it? You know, And they say how it's going to be. It's it's comforting, it's in, it's inspiring, and it's empowering. So having guys in the locker room who've been through all of this and, and has some credibility not just in your locker room but in every locker room, um, it's important in games like this. When you take the field, somebody's got, you know, think about it, man. Dalton Kincaid with everything he's been through, and it's his first game now. Yeah. It's, it's a big moment for these guys. There is a cool thing that the NFL is unveiling this week. It is called the Premier Patch. So essentially what's going to happen is rookies making their first career NFL appearance in an NFL regular season game will have a patch on their uniform marking the occasion. So it's kind of a program created by the league to recognize and celebrate a player's first game in the NFL. So any player on a club's 53-player active roster who has never been on a club's game day active list will wear an NFL premier patch on their jersey here in week one. So What's Osiris, cool. Osiris Torrance, Dalton Kincaid, you know, rookies that are going to suit up and play for the Bills on Monday night are going to have these patches, as will all other players across the league making their first ever 
appearance in a regular season NFL game as a professional. That's Pretty kinda, cool. That is kind of cool. I did not know that. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, they just announced it uh, late yesterday. And that so, is awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's a cool idea. It's very cool. And it, in the word premier, the I in premier is a number one, you know, to kind of signify their first game as a professional. So kind of a cool deal for uh, the newbies. That's very cool because uh, it's – yeah, I was telling a story about my very first game ever just the other day. It was on – they had a highlight of it on Good Morning Football. It was Miami in Houston, 1985, week one. Okay. Yeah. And, it was, and I was like, oh, I was looking at it, and I can't remember. It was, it was what happened to a Super Bowl team that lost and came back the next year. Or that week right. one – So that was Marino was. and the Dolphins in the 84 Super Bowl lost right. to the Niners. It was week one is a lie is the name of the, the bit. They had all these clips like, you know, the Dolphins come in, they lose to a lowly Oilers team, which I was a part of, and it didn't mean anything because later on they were still back in the playoffs, won their division, yeah. and the Oilers were, ended up being like 3-13. and 13. So week one was a lie, and I was part of the liar side of it. Yeah. Right? So uh, hey, you got the win. But they showed it, and it was that game and another number of other games over the years that told you things that really turned out not to be true. Um. You, for, you remember your first game. You remember it. My first game ever in a preseason game was that same team in 1985, and we, we suited up in the Hall of Fame game against Bill Parcells and Lawrence Taylor and those jokers. Mm-hmm. So you remember that stuff. And to have a patch, I mean, all these guys are going to have to keep that jersey. Now. Yeah. They're, that goes home, man. He put that it's got up. to, right? Oh, my gosh. That, you never, I, that thing's never going anywhere. Yeah. Right Never. In the, right in the glass frame. Mom, Mama gets that one. That's over the mantle. Yeah. We have to take a break here because when we come back, he's back for another year to help you with your fantasy football lineup. It is ESPN's Field Yates, and he'll have his ultimate fantasy lineup for week one coming up when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live here on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and pleased to have back with us for another year the man who's going to help you with your daily fantasy solutions. From ESPN, it is the one and only Field Yates with the ultimate fantasy lineup presented by FanDuel, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Download the app today and make every moment more. Field, good to have you back. How you doing? Gentlemen, it's great to be back. It makes me feel like football season is finally upon us, and we have the chance to chat. And I love talking all things Bills with you guys, and of course, talking all things Daily Fantasy each week. So I'm honored to be back with you guys for getting another season ahead. Well, it's good to see you, and I, and I, we, we got your fantasy lineup just a little bit before the show, and I must say, I know it's the start of a new season, yeah. but Sam Howell, I know. This is the best part. So I'll give the precursor right now. I know. This is the beauty of Daily Fantasy, though, right? Is that in Daily Fantasy, for those that are unfamiliar, you have a budget, a salary cap that you're able to spend each and every week. And players that are priced at the top of the heap are often the players that are going to everybody's lineup. So you're trying to find the differentiators. You're trying to find the the values, the bargains. And that's where Sam Howell checks in, priced at $7,100 this week for the Commanders who play the Cardinals, and I've been playing a game of trivia with my friends, asking them how many Cardinals defensive backs they can name, because specifically that cornerback room is very, very thin right now. 
Hal's had an impressive preseason for the Commanders, and you're trying to score 3x your price. So Howell priced at 7,100. You're looking for a return of just around 21 points, which seems pretty reasonable in this matchup. Now, I got to tell you, um, the over-under for me naming an Arizona defensive back is .5, and you need to take, and take the under. <laughs> I would have thought you'd get one out of you, Steve. I could have seen you, you no. know, pulling a random a Marco Wilson Jr. No. or something like that no. uh, out of nowhere, right? There, no. Maybe there's a guy, maybe there's a kid who's from uh, Western <laughs> New York or, uh, right. you know, played his college ball locally, maybe <laughs> played with one of your sons growing up or something. I got to figure no. there was a, some sort of tie there. But, yes, it is a roster in major turnover right now in Arizona. All right, so the running back position field, and, you know, you spent some money here, and you went with – uh, a, a rookie that everybody is high on, especially knowing he's going to be probably carrying some of the burden, knowing they have a first-year starter in, in Ritter. And then down south uh, in the AFC East, you've got another running back who in some ways was the last guy standing due to injury. Yeah, so a couple of notes here. B. John Robinson goes first. He's priced at $7,800. And, you know, you guys cover a team on a daily basis that has not spent major, major dollars on a running back. And I think that typically is the right strategy to employ uh, in the modern NFL. But if you are going to spend big on a running back, which the Falcons did with the eighth overall pick, I do think it's important to note that you better use that guy a whole lot. And I'm expecting the Falcons to use B. John Robinson a ton. Wonderful runner, a great pass catcher as well. He can do it all. There's really nothing in his skill set that suggests he's going to be anything other than a star. And then with the Dolphins, a note for those, again, less familiar with Daily Fantasy, week one pricing locked a while ago. So Raheem Mostert being priced $5,900 was prior to the news that Jeff Wilson Jr. was going to be out for not just this week, but the first four games at minimum because he's on IR. So the Dolphins are probably going to be much more of a committee approach in the backfield later on in the season. But with Wilson Jr. currently out and Devon Aching, their third-round pick out of Texas A&M, nursing a shoulder injury, this could be the Raheem Mostert star, uh, show on Sunday. And they play a Chargers team that I'm sure you guys are aware of this. Their Achilles heel over the past couple of years is they can't defend the run at all. And they did not do a whole lot about that this offseason. And that's one of the things you get to as well when you you look at past performances and you kind of try and project them at least even projecting into the changes they've made. When they don't make changes, you have a hard time seeing it improve in any stretch of the imagination. But one strategy that I continue to see from you is that you're going to exploit matchups. Washington uh, at Arizona or versus Arizona, you're going to exploit that matchup with uh, your wide receiver room. That's right. Jahan Dotson, the commander's first round pick a year ago and priced at $6,500. Another thing that you'll hear me talk about often is stacking in daily fantasy, because again, in daily fantasy, you don't get points for finishing middle of the pack, right? Like in your season long leagues, it's okay to be, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, wherever during much of the regular season. As long as you get into the playoffs, you've got a chance. Daily fantasy is different. You got one shot. So when you stack, what you're doing is you're putting two players from the same team together because if one of them goes off, the likelihood is that the other one of them goes off. And that's the case with Jahan Dotson, especially if Terry McLaurin's unavailable on Sunday. He's got turf toe, and he's been practicing so far this week. But if for some reason he's not available, don't be surprised if Jahan Dotson has a major day. And then 
you mentioned earlier at the very beginning how I, I'm, I'm going down on quarterback, spending down on quarterback. That is in part because you can spend up at wide receiver, and that is Justin Jefferson uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, playing at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, priced at $9,500. I don't often have a guy who's going to be the highest-priced player perhaps on the entire slate in my lineup, but Jefferson last year had over 30 points in seven different games. That was the most in the NFL, so there's some comfort involved with taking Jefferson Jefferson for your daily fantasy lineup as, in this case, your second wide receiver. And the last wide receiver is a name that I'm not even sure fans in Denver are totally aware of yet. That's Marvin Mims Jr., second-round pick out of Oklahoma. And if you're sitting there saying, like, how does he have 0.0 fantasy points per game in his career? Because they haven't played before. He's a rookie. He uh, is going to be pressed into some duty, it would seem, sooner rather than later because Jerry Judy is very iffy to play on Sunday. He's got a hamstring injury. But it's a good matchup against the Raiders, this Raiders team who kind of pieced together a cornerback room throughout the offseason. But no star players in that secondary, at least at the cornerback spot. Wouldn't surprise me if Russell Wilson looks a little bit more like himself, at least in week one for this Denver offense. Yeah, and then at the tight end position, I kind of feel like you're going with a guy on a team where with their major receiving target out of the lineup, they got to throw the ball to somebody, and it might as well be Tyler Higby. Volume matters in fantasy football, and Tyler Higby has set himself up for a lot of volume in week one because, as you mentioned, uh, Chris, there's going to be no uh, Cooper Cup this weekend. So Cooper Cup out at least this week. Hopefully it's not too much longer than that, Brownie, but if we get him back in week two, that will be a wonderful thing. He will not be back in week one as he had that hamstring injury, and this Rams team is not going to be very good this year. They just have so many roster holes that you can see from a mile away, but Tyler Higby is a good, solid player for them, and I would say that in terms of the leftover pass catchers without Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby is the most certain player. You're getting him for pretty good value here at 5300 bucks. Again, remembering that you know price is locked a while ago for this week one uh, lineups. And last thing I'll say on Higby is you can go back and look at what it looked like last year when there was no Cooper Cup. And it was a very busy Tyler Higby. So wouldn't surprise me if he leads the team in targets on Sunday against the Seahawks. And then, of course, your flex position, you know, with somebody everybody knows in the National Football League, Jamar Chase. He's a pricey dude at 8500 bucks. But there is, can there be any doubt that he's the number one guy on maybe the number one offense? Maybe the one doubt is how durable Joe Burrow is going to be and how well he can play after not having a preseason. Yeah, it seems like the Bengals aren't too concerned about the lack of reps for Joe Burrow because of that calf injury. And it's kind of an interesting debate dilemma facing coaches around the NFL like how much if at all do you play your guys I want to say I saw something like 10 of the projected week one starters did not take a single snap at least amongst quarterbacks during the preseason the Bengals obviously were amongst the teams to really fade their starters in the preseason Um, and in the case uh, of some teams it might look a little bit rusty in the case of others it might suggest that preseason is overrated for some players I think Cincinnati will look more like a team that uh, is put together, seasoned, has sort of been there, done that. And I expect that Jamar Chase, who averaged over 11 targets per game last season, which was number one in the NFL, will be one of the best players in all of fantasy for week one and probably for the entire season for Cincinnati. And then finally, Field, if uh, you want to feel sorry for a rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud is your man. 
because I don't think he's going to have a welcome to NFL moment. He's going to have a welcome to the NFL game against this defense. My God. Yeah, that's right. The Ravens who uh, wrap up the lineup here for us, priced at 5,000 bucks. And I will mention this plenty of times this season. A lot of times I punt on defense. I just find a very cheap one because even the upside for the best defenses is still fairly mitigated. But I do think that Baltimore has its way on Sunday. You know, this Ravens team is looking for more consistency amongst its pass rushers. But this is a team that, you know, schematically is going to give CJ Stroud some stuff. He's not necessarily never seen before, but maybe even like never dreamt of before. So I wouldn't be surprised if they throw the kitchen sink at him, even without Marlon Humphrey. I expect that this Ravens team is uh, ready to go a team that uh, at least feels like it is being overlooked right now in the AFC. That defense should have a chance to feast on a very inexperienced Texans team, at least under center and one that will be without it's probably second or third best offensive player and Titus Howard. It's right tackle. All right. Last one before we let you go field, any fantasy considerations you're looking at for the Monday night game between our Buffalo bills and the New York jets. Yeah. Glad you brought that up because, uh, because this is a daily fantasy lineup, I was married to the Sunday slate. So I could only pick players playing on Sunday. So all bills were ineligible for that. But I'd say, you know, the usual suspects are going to be stars for Buffalo, right? It's, it's not going to be just Josh Allen. It's going to be Stephon Diggs. The, the sort of the, the players that I think I am on what to watch for mode would be, is this James Cook backfield mostly to himself or do Latavius Murray and Damian Harris get some key carries in the goal line or something like that? Does Gabe Davis have the season this year that some were expecting last year? And then lastly would be Dalton Kincaid. Can he snap the streak that has plagued rookie tight ends for quite some time in fantasy, which is that it's very hard to find one that comes onto the scene immediately and has this long season long impact that just absolutely crushes it. But, uh, you know, we didn't talk a lot during the pre-draft process, but if I were to find a, uh, a tight end that I think has a chance to break the mold uh, from recent draft classes, Dalton Kincaid is it because uh, he may be a tight end in terms of his roster spot, but as you guys know, he might well function as sort of a big receiver in the middle of the field uh, for this Buffalo offense. Field, thanks as always for the thanks, ultimate field. fantasy lineup here for week one. We'll catch up with you in week two. I was going to say, guys, you know what? Let's do it again in a week. I can't wait. <laughs> thanks, Field. Appreciate the time. That is ESPN's Field Yates joining us with his ultimate fantasy lineup presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Break time for us here. Steve and I back at Bill's Jets, breaking that thing down every which way we can until we get to Monday night when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. If these walls could talk, stories from the Buffalo Bills sideline locker room and press box written by longtime play-by-play man John Murphy. Get your copy now, and to launch the new book, there will be a signing event at the Bills store between 3 and 5 p.m. on Saturday, September 16th, the day before the home opener. In addition to John, the team's longtime radio play-by-play man, former Bills Pro Bowl center and current color analyst Eric Wood will be there, along with Scott Petoniak, the co-author. Books purchased that day will be autographed by all We also want to remind you that we're debuting today our football relationship hotline. Your football viewing habits become a major priority this time of year. Sometimes balancing it with your family life or your job can prove challenging. Steve and I have our answers for you if you have questions about how to figure out or navigate a tricky situation. Maybe it's a five-year-old's 
birthday party. It's your nephew, and, uh, you know, your, your in-laws in their infinite wisdom scheduled it for Sunday at 1 p.m. You want to work your way around that? Steve and I can help. Just give us a call at 803-0550, The number to get on board, the football relationship hotline, is presented by Pepsi. Let's go to the phones. And leading us off today is Pat, all the way out in New Mexico. What do you got for us, Pat? Hi, um, this is Patrick, Pat, in New Mexico. And I just wanted to talk about the Monday night game. Sure. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on our new defensive coordinator and basically about um, our Delvin Cook, the Jets' new running back. I know he had over 100 yards and a touchdown, touchdown last game. And also, I think that the Delvin Cook and James Cook matchup could be um, the matchup to watch instead of Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen because we know that the Bills do not have a good run defense. And just your thoughts on how our new defensive coordinator can work on our defense, on our run game. Okay. Uh, Thanks for the call, Pat. Appreciate it. I'll say this. Um, There is news on Dalvin Cook. He is good to go. As we know, he was coming off off-season shoulder surgery. So even though he signed with the Jets, whether or not he was going to be fully 100% healthy for the regular season was still a bit in doubt at the start of the year. But he uh, got full clearance, so he is good to go. And I would anticipate, Steve, that he's going to get the lion's share of the workload on Monday night as they ease Brees Hall back in from his ACL knee surgery from this off-season. Yeah, I think that he's one of the guys that will – be a surprise contributor, maybe not a surprise contributor. Us watching that, he can play, and the Jets know it. And I'll say this too: think think about what Aaron Rodgers has said about Dalvin Cook to the Jet coaching staff. Aaron Rodgers played against the guy for Dalvin's entire career, and he's got to know the guy can really go. So he's probably advocating for you know, let me get that guy the ball. I saw him do this to us in Green Bay for years. So. Um, there's probably a little bit of that going on as well. And same thing with Nate, Nathaniel Hackett, um, watching the guy uh, as an offensive coordinator, watching the other team use that guy against you. So there's probably some of that going on. I, I think that's a great matchup. James and Dalvin, uh, they were here last year when Dalvin had a, 62 had a really yard nice yard. Run. He had a great game against the Bills um, in a game that Vikings should have lost. Um, another, You're right. Another thing is uh, – about Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator, it is going to be different. We've been talking about a little bit on the show already uh, about what it's going to mean for Sean McDermott's lineup and get it all right defensively as the, as the defensive coordinator and then also get it right as the head coach. So um, it went seemed to go well in the preseason, but that was the preseason. I will say this, though, Pat. You kind of characterized the Bills' run defense as substandard. They were fifth in the league last year in run defense, not for nothing. Um, middle of the pack in terms of yards per carry against, where they ranked 14th, giving up 4.3 per carry. But as far as rushing yards per game, it was 104.6, and that was fifth best in football. So they were a top-five run defense last season, and I think they're, they're more equipped now to defend the run better than they did last year with the defensive front they've assembled and the depth that they've added. you got a better edge setter in Leonard Floyd at one defensive end, along with Greg Rousseau on the other side, two long players who can set the edge and force stuff back inside very well. And then you've, you're deeper and more talented at the defensive tackle position. I mean, think about this, Steve. One of these five guys 
is going to be inactive on Monday night. One of these five. Probably not Ed Oliver. Probably not Daquan Jones. But then you have Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, and Puna Fort. One of those three guys is going to be inactive Monday night. Not even going to play. Probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, they'll probably go with at least four. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, they're not going to probably activate. And they're not going to activate that's 10 how defensive linemen. My point is that's, that's the depth they're bringing to the table here. Yeah, they've got some guys, and, and so do the Jets. Um, yeah, I, this, I, I, we were talking about this uh, with Thurman on Tuesday, and he thought this was going to be a, what was it, a 14-17 game? He thought he predicted 17-13. Yeah, 17-13. And I thought it was going to be much different than that. Um, because of and mostly because of the unknowns, I thought it was both teams were going to be in the mid to high mid to high twenties or the low thirty to mid thirties. Um, so we differed vastly on that. Um, last year, these were low scoring games with the Jets for the Bills. I think opening night changes that for these teams. I think there's just too much to think about and yeah. be ready for. It's it's hard to cover all the bases in week one. It really is because you don't these know teams, what's coming. Both these teams got guys, man, on offense and defense too, no question. But Aaron Rodgers is going to think his way through this, and Josh is just going to Superman his way through it, and they're going to make some plays, extend some plays, and whether they get a pass rush or not, they still got to run him down. So he'll extend some plays and make some plays where otherwise would have been somebody else would have been on the ground, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get rid of it to somebody. So, I think these two quarterbacks make the difference in this game being a 17-14 game instead of a 33-30 game. Okay. We'll see what happens. I think anybody's guess is a decent guess right now because nobody knows. There's I so mean, many, maybe this week so more than we any know. other week, as we said. That's what I've talked myself into. That's what we do, right? <laughs> I mean, everybody's the same. Go if you, th- you see it the way you see it and – and, you know, nobody can predict the future, but that's, you know, I can yeah. feel that. You know, that's where I'm at. Break time here, hour number two. The lines are still open for the football relationship hotline presented by Pepsi. You have a football viewing habit that needs help. Steve and I are here to provide you with some answers. 803-0550, We're also going to hear some, from some players post-practice addressing the media in hour number two. Stay tuned. Presented by Kaleida Health. All right, hour number two on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. The football relationship hotline number is open for you to take advantage of at 803-0550. Your football viewing habits move to the top of the priority list this time of year. Navigating that and balancing it with family life, your job, etc. can be a challenge. If you've got dilemmas coming up with Monday night's game, that have some work interference or some other issues, 
Steve and I will have a solution for you to work your way around it. You can just give us a call at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. And let's go to the phones as we have open lines for you, but we lead off this hour with Matt in Hamburg. What do you got for us, Matt? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Love listening to your show. I um, I heard you make your comments about Dalvin Cook and our matchup against the He's no doubt. He's elite. He's great at what he does. But, you know, if I recall, I, was, I mean, I was just having a conversation last week with a buddy of mine. He ran the ball 14 times. He had like 180-something yard run. He only averaged 2.9 yards a carry against us the rest of the game. Yep. So, you know, I, I know we're – we're missing Tremaine Edmonds, and I believe we even had Vaughn still in our matchup against them last year. But, uh, I mean, personally, I'm hopeful that we still stack up against that. Yeah, I'll there just, are. I'm there are. Listen to your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. problem. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt that there are a lot of new pieces that the Jets are going to have to fit together. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, chief among them. You know, I know he's got two receivers in that receiving core with whom he is already familiar in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. And all indications are he's had a nice rapport with Garrett Wilson, their top receiver, through the course of the summer and the preseason. But you've got a right tackle for them in Mackay Becton, who hasn't played regular season football in two calendar years. You've got a left tackle in Dwayne Brown, who at age 38 played zero in the preseason and hasn't really practiced at all as he spent most of the preseason on the PUP list. So the two edges of your offensive line are going to need some adjustment time to get up to speed with regular season football. That's number one. And then you talk about the other additions. Dalvin Cook, how is he working with that offensive line in terms of the blocking schemes and reading his blockers and being an effective ball carrier? What is Brees Hall going to be able to do coming off an ACL injury uh, and seeing his first regular season action, if at all? So there, there are question marks on the offensive side of the ball from a newness perspective and from a continuity perspective. And to say you're going to have it all buttoned up airtight in week one, I think might be a little foolhardy. There are going to be some hiccups. The question is whether or not Buffalo is going to be able to take advantage of those hiccups defensively and create more opportunities for their offense. Right. Certainly it has helped, I think, for the Jets to have Aaron Rodgers in the building most of the offseason. But Aaron Rodgers has run this offense for a long time. Uh, but Garrett Wilson hasn't. Mecole Hardman hasn't. Um, none of the offensive linemen have. Alan Lazard, m- maybe. <laughs> but these guys, it's Aaron may be better in this offense than the guys who have been there the longest. That's the problem. Nathaniel Hackett's new to the Jets. Uh, and this offense they're running had to be installed for everybody else, not just, you know, not Aaron Rodgers, but everybody else. Um there's some question marks there. Dalvin Cook got la- added late. Um, what, do they, what do they think about him? What do they know about him? What are they willing to trust him with at this point? There's a lot of unknowns here. Uh, the offensive line uh, is probably, you know, got some new things to think about as well. And as, as we, uh, you might think, they haven't had that many reps together. Um, with injuries and all the things that are going on in their training camp, this this group hasn't played much in the preseason and hasn't had many snaps together in practice because of guys in and out of the lineup. We'll see. Um, yeah, the Jets are good. There's no question about it. They'll get some of this stuff lined up. And if they don't have it lined up in week one, here in Buffalo, we're going to know better than anybody. It, it, it's not going to be derail their season. 
these two teams are going to be good. The Jets are going to win some games. The Bills are going to win a bunch of games. All of that's true. But this, this first game, man, oh, man, you just don't know until you see them tee it up and play and bang into each other. Um, sometimes these games, and like is the story I told you that I saw, um, you know, week one can lie to us about what's going to happen yep. in regular season. Remember when the Bills beat the Patriots 31 nothing? 2003. Yeah, remember how that turned out. Um, there's This game is big. It's a Monday night game. These two teams are division opponents, and they're both good headed to the playoffs in, in all our minds. That's as, that's as big as you can get for the first game of the regular season. You got 16 more of these jokers after it. So, you know, it's not the end of the world when you lose. It's not the, it's not the Super Bowl when you win, but – you really got to manage the aftermath, mm-hmm. plus and minus, good and bad. And, you know, that may be the biggest challenge of this game, coming away from it. Yeah, and I think there will be ebbs and flows to the game as well. Like, one team may come out like gangbusters in the first quarter, right. and then all of a sudden they have a lull, and the other team swings their way back into the game, you know, throwing a couple of haymakers, and all of a sudden it's a tight game again. I think there might be one team – you know, getting up early, another team pulling back even, and then there's another surge here, another ebb there, another flow there. I, I really – I think this is going to be a pretty tight contest unless one team just, for whatever reason, just cannot execute the way they anticipated. I, I don't think I don't that's going to be the case. Happen. I think it's going to be pretty tight throughout. Uh, yeah, but, and, and it always looks that – here's the thing. When one defense plays great, then the other team's offense looks – like it's not ready yeah. for some, but you know it's good defense. Both these teams have really good defenses. It's not going to be one of those, you know, <laughs> fifty-one to right. forty-eight games. Yeah, like that Monday night game years ago between the Chiefs and the Rams, four or five years ago. Yeah, I think the over/under is like thirty-six points, and I was yeah. kind of thinking it'd be like a twenty-four, twenty-one kind of game because yeah. uh, I think the defenses are going to have something to say about it in this one, right? Despite the exploits of two outstanding quarterbacks. Let's go back to the phones and to Jack in Rochester. What do you got for us, Jack? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, guys. You guys were talking about, you know, there's a lot of question marks with this uh, with the game coming up. And I think it's going to be a tight game. But I think the one thing that's been overlooked a little bit or hasn't been talked about is that they don't have any of Sean's defense on tape. They got Leslie's. They don't have Sean's. Yeah, I mean, sure, they could go back to Carolina and look at some of that tape, you know, from years ago. Yeah, seven we're years talking ago. six, seven years ago. <laughs> And it's with totally different personnel. So there really isn't a lot of redeeming value there. So you're right, Jack. There's validity to that. Um, Yeah, Uh, he's going to call it differently. So it may take them a while to get a read on how how McDermott's calling the game for the Bills' defense. Yeah, um, very much so. Um, But that's only one of a long list for both these teams of unknowns. Yeah, Certainly coordinator's a big one. Uh, And the Bills walked into – L.A. last year with a brand-new offensive coordinator and with a lot of unknowns, and the answer was yes. They scored, and they hung 31 points on the world champions. Uh, That could happen to either one of these teams. Jets have a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, too, so we'll see. Um, A lot of unknowns. There is value, though, Steve, in the fact that the Bills did play the Packers last year and Aaron Rodgers, and Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb, and that offensive system, for all intents and purposes. There is some measure of recall there 
And you, you're probably watching that film. I mean, it wasn't Hackett calling the plays. It was Lafleur last year well, for think, the Packers. Yeah, think about it. Hackett was in Denver. Think about the di- Hackett wasn't there. Uh, Aaron was there by him, you know, with a different crew. <laughs> Man, that's hard. It's minimal you, value. It's right? minimal, in my opinion. Yeah. So well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you really feel like you're kind of going into this blind. Like you feel like you have yes. an idea, but I. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. We come out of the first quarter of that game and we're looking at each other going, I didn't expect that. Right. You know what I mean? Whether it's for the good right. or the bad. Right. I, I have a hard time, and we've never, we don't see it. You see it once every, what, two or three years where the Bills will go out and stink. Right? Like the Cincinnati game, this playoff game last year. Uh, then you got to go back, what, two years to the Colt game. You know, you know, you go. They're just very few. Uh, it's, it's different for the Jets, but you know, I have a hard time seeing the Bills going out and being the center of a bad performance. But in a tough game, a scratch, clawed out game, the Bills have lost those games. They lost to the the stinking Minnesota Vikings last year, and this Jet team beat them with this good defense. And they, they wilted in the heat in Miami after having the football for 40 minutes of the game or something like that. So it, it does happen, but it's not because they – it's like, be, yeah, if, if, they, if one team or other turns it over, okay, this thing could get out of hand and all that. Yeah. But, man, oh, man, it's not going to be because they're, you know, they're not talented or not, shouldn't be in the game. They're going to execute. Uh, you could get the, the odd tipped interception or the bad throw by one of these guys or they, they fool them or whatever, or they get under duress and something happens, sack, strip, fumble, that kind of stuff. Those kind of plays. But neither of these teams, I think, are going to show up and flop. You know? Yeah. I just don't think it's that kind of game. I don't think it's going to be a 38-3 to game either oh, side, no. on either side. No. You know what I mean? One team would have to just fritter the game away and, you know, fumble the ball all over the place. It's not going to happen. Turnovers and... I just don't see that happening. I just don't. We are uh, awaiting post-practice comment from a host of players. And uh, when we get those and when they are approaching the post-practice podium to address the media, we'll bring that commentary to you. Among the players we're expected to hear from this afternoon, Greg Rousseau, Micah Hyde, Mitch Morris, Gabe Davis. So as soon as they're addressing the media, we will make sure those comments get to you as well. 803-0550-1888-550-2550. You can talk about the Monday night matchup, or you can present to us your football watching issues concerning Monday night. If you've got a family commitment on Monday and you're not quite sure how to handle it, maybe you're the type of person that likes watching your game by yourself in peace without riffraff around you, distracting you from the broadcast, let us know. Steve and I are here to help with solutions on the Football Relationship Hotline presented by Pepsi. 803-0550-1888-550-2550. Your beloved family members who become riffraff. On, That's on right. Sunday well, it, it can happen sometimes because people are just there to hang around with people, not to watch the game, and you're like, why are you here? I got to go somewhere else. How am I rude if I slip out and go upstairs and watch the game on the TV upstairs by myself in my room with the door locked? There's nothing wrong with that if you can cleverly find an escape plan. Right. Steve and I have some of those answers for you if you need them. 
Uh, let's go back to the phones, though, at 803-0550, the numbers to get on board. There is an open line for you there. And we go to Mark in Orchard Park. What do you got for us, Mark? Hello, Chris. Hello, Steve. Talked to you, uh, you know, a few times. Uh, my whole thing is, is I look at Aaron Rodgers' age, and he's a He's at the end of his career. Is did they did the Jets bring him in just to fill a thing? Because I don't think he'll be able to take on what the Bills are going to throw at him. We have changed our defensive style, uh, especially with Sean McDermott uh, now taking over the defense. Uh, let so if he was, you know, I always said before with you that maybe he was the problem, that we didn't blitz enough, but I can't see him uh, competing with us. And I'll let you go with that. All right. Well, depending on father time has is an iffy proposition because uh, there's an old country song that goes like this. You're not as good as – I'm not as good as I once was, but as I, I can be as good once as I ever was. You want to hit? You don't want to hit Aaron Rodgers when he's as good as he ever was, um, and I th- I get the feeling he can pull that out, particularly on an opening night game of this magnitude. And as you mentioned, he's rejuvenated in a new place with a new team. I mean, he was just on the Pat McAfee show today, and he was saying how the whole experience with the Jets has gone even better than he anticipated. So it's all kumbaya and rainbows and butterflies for Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah. So he's motivated. And rejuvenated. Right. And and that means something. It it really does. Um, I think that's contagious for the guys around him. I think they look at him and think, well, he th- if he thinks this is really – and he probably is. He probably does believe it, and it's genuine. And I'll say this, in the locker room, if it's not genuine, the players smell it. Uh, if he's genuine about all this, that's contagious for a locker room. If you got a guy of Aaron Rodgers' credibility and experience and his pedigree in your locker room – feeling that your team is really special, you believe it. You believe it. And that's contagious. Um, so, I, yeah, I, the Jets are – we've said I, the Jets are for real. And this game, notwithstanding, they're going to win a ton of games. And I'm telling you, I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. But they got, they got a tough – schedule and the first tough part about it is Monday night because they're playing the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen and Steph Diggs and those jokers let's see yeah there and and in particular if you haven't looked at it yet the first six weeks for the Jets are a bear Um, (laughs) Bills Cowboys Patriots Chiefs Broncos Eagles baby yeah yeah and, the, you know, the Bills are right behind them. I mean, the Bills Bills have the seventh toughest schedule in football. I believe the Jets have the fifth toughest schedule. The Dolphins have the second toughest schedule. It's the Eagles with the toughest schedule in the league this year. By opponents winning percentage from last year, which some people will tell you is not always the most accurate predictor of how tough your schedule is going to be. There are some advanced analytic people out there that have different methods by which to describe how tough your opponent's schedule is. And I've seen lists where it had the bills in the top five based on some advanced analytics assessments of strength of schedule. Um, 
But the Jets and everybody else in the AFC East have a tough schedule. The way it's stacked the first six weeks for the Jets, though, whew, yes. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Have fun with that. Yeah. And, and listen, they may pop out of that four and one. Three and three. three yeah, four and one, four and two, five and one, uh, and looking great. Um, or, you know, three and three, two and four. And then, you know, then it's going to be like, oof, you know. Yeah. We'll see. But I, th- I think they're going to be tough to beat. I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Back to the phones and to Richard in Rochester. What do you got for us, Richard? I got two questions. First, I heard on another show he said the craziest guys on the team are the Gunners. Steve, I wondered if you had a response to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else? I think that's all he was worried about. And the other question is, uh, the linebackers are so undersized when you consider Taron Johnson as a linebacker. Are they going to be able to stop the run? Yeah, that's a good question. But, yeah, I think they'll be all right. I don't think they're afraid of the size. Uh, the, one thing that bother, the one thing, generally speaking, when you talk about size in the run game, uh, particularly with undersized guys, is you worry about their durability. They can, they can hold up to it. But sooner or later, something gives because there's too much weight and velocity coming at them all the time. If they have that ability to get underneath it and kind of dodge it, like Taron Johnson seems to have, he's always available. But you worry about their durability more than you worry about their their production. So as long as they're out there, they're going to be fine. When they start getting guys out there who are the third guy they'd rather have out there rather than the first guy they'd rather have out there, then you might have to start worrying. Because then you have guys jumping out of their lanes, missing their run fits, and you snap off big runs. But, yeah, they won't – you don't worry about the size differential so much production-wise. It's more about durability. So, you know, if you, you put these guys out there and all of a sudden they end up – they got a tweaked muscle or sore shoulder or whatever. Yeah. That's what you worry about. It is Thursday, and that is the football relationship hotline. And I believe we have Dave calling in from Rochester with an issue here. What do you got for us, Dave? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Um, I'm just so excited that it's week one, and I'm going to get all my stuff ready. And I go to turn on ESPN on my TV, and it says Spectrum no longer has ESPN right now. Yeah. I was just wondering if you guys had any suggestions and where to go, what to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good question, Dave, and, and thank you for making it. We're here to help on the Football Relationship Hotline. And, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a predicament for anybody that is not in the Buffalo viewing area because in the Buffalo area, the game will be aired on WKBW uh, Channel 7 because uh, that is the prerequisite the, for the a, home viewing area. That's the – it's not – it's ABC? Yeah. Yeah, ABC. Monday Night Football's ABC ESPN. Um, that's that's who's got the game. So you're going to have to fu- – but in the Buffalo area, it'll be over the airwaves. That's that's why. By by right. law, by rule, it has to be on an over-the-air channel. So they put it on an ABC affiliate here in Buffalo. That will not be the case in Rochester because they're not in the viewing area. They only have ESPN to choose from, so they need an alternative solution. So your alternatives are DirecTV – and get a subscription for that. Your other alternative, Fios, is you that know kind of stuff. Or <laughs> hopefully, you got a buddy in Buffalo and drive to Buffalo and watch the game with them. 
Yeah. That's your other opportunity. So, yeah, it's a tricky situation for sure. Um, and there are no great answers. And I answers. say what? I'd get out ahead of it. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing you can check, don't too. Don't just wait till game day. The other thing you can check, too. Oh, Rochester is okay? Yeah, Rochester's going to be over the airwaves as well. Oh, all right. So yeah. they'll they'll get an over-the-air programming as well, I believe. I didn't want to say I'm Jay just re- Yeah. So yeah. Wham, I guess, I think they're the ABC affiliate out there. Um, so they would have. Okay, it's on the national ABC schedule. So you'll be as able well, to get it told. over ABC. That. That's okay. right. All right, so there are ways to get the game. So fear not, uh, you will have an answer on how to view the game. The other op- option too is uh, NFL Plus. They have a premium subscription there where you can get live in-market games, um, especially if you're traveling and you want to watch something on your laptop or your phone. You know, you're a right. guy that, a guy or a lady that travels for work and stuff, and you know, you're, maybe you're trying to get back and it's Monday, it's a work day, and you're not home. That's another option for you as well. we got to take a break here, though. When we come back, we hope to have some post-practice commentary from the players fresh off the practice field as they address the media. We'll see who we have in store for you when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live on a Thursday, and players are addressing the media post-practice today. Leading us off this afternoon is Bills defensive end Greg Russo. Cool. Greg, with Vaughn starting the season on the PUP, how do you feel like you guys are as a unit to, to start the season for a few games without him? I mean, you've been practicing without him, so where do you feel like the group is at right now? I think we're solid. You know, We're all ready to go out there and contribute, make plays, and help this team win on Monday night. Leonard Floyd is a tall guy, almost as tall as you. Um, have you, because of your similar body types, have you learned much from, much from him or have tried to pick his brain? He's a veteran guy. Yeah, I'd say honestly, everybody in our room I learned from, whether it's Tim, I learned things from Ed, the way he hits the B gap and just the way he just goes and just his orientation on, on a down to down basis. I learned from all the guys, no matter who it is. So, I mean, it's great to be in a room full of such great dudes and just great players so I learned from everybody out there honestly I mean, he's a tall guy who sets the ed- in his career sets the edge well I mean obviously you set the edge well too yeah. but is there anything you talk to him about that about using his leverage against the run or what do you think about yeah I'd say I'd say we all talk we all like kind of bounce ideas off each other's heads and kind of like we see how the other person does things and how that can help us with our own game yeah, big time. Going into year three, I feel like I've seen a lot more, gotten a lot smarter year to year, and I feel like I only get better because when you're out there, you're always learning, you know. When you're out there, you go through things in the game, whether it's pass rush or – uh run stuff, you kind of just say, like, this worked or this didn't work. So it's kind of like with every game, you get better and better. You have a couple new faces on the defensive line, Kuna and Leonard Floyd, mm-hmm. but where do you feel like you guys have grown as a group since you've been through uh, an entire offseason now and are heading to week one in a few days? I feel like we've grown a lot, and it's kind of like our um, 
our second year together with that group, with that core of, like, DQ, Tim, like, dudes who came back, Vaughn, obviously. So I feel like we're only getting closer. Last year was cool, but last year we were kind of still trying to get to know each other because it was our first year all playing together. But now it's like we kind of know the way that the other person does things. So I feel like our chemistry has been building up. I feel like that's going to benefit you guys chemistry-wise here on Monday night. I feel like it'll benefit us a lot. You know, a lot about a lot of uh, playing D-line is about just being coordinated and knowing, like, all right, I'm next to this person or I'm playing next to Ed. He likes to play like this. I'm playing next to Daquan Jones. He plays he plays like this. So just knowing, like, who you're next to can really help push your game to the next level because everything you're doing is happening faster because you understand who you're playing next to. Like you had a shot to get the practice last year, I think. Yeah. Right? Okay, so, I mean, you've seen Rodgers, right? Albeit with a different team now, but, I mean, you're familiar with his career. You've played against him now. What do you kind of take into Monday night? Uh, I mean, he's, he's a starting NFL quarterback. Obviously, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's been playing football since I can remember. So, he's, just one, he's one of those guys, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and we're all excited for the challenge. Because he's, he had libs and those things, I mean... Do you pay more attention to technique, or is there a fundamental? I mean, you're always fundamentally sound, but do you alter your approach in any way when you're going against a guy with maybe his ad ability and that experience? Nah, I'd say not really. I try to, like, focus on us because I feel like if you get too caught up in the opponent, you're not focusing on maximizing your potential and how and how well you could execute out there in the field. Obviously, you got to be locked into different quarterbacks and different tendencies, but you still got to focus on the boulders and not the rocks because we play a different quarterback every single week. So if you're, like – stuck on like who you're going against you're not going to be focused on you executing and you getting the job done because you just got to go out there and win and do your job got a new defensive play caller entering his first uh start as the defensive play caller how's that dynamic been with Terrell bernard and where's your comfortability level with him uh, calling the defensive plays and how does that impact you transitioning from someone you were comfortable with with edmonds and now a, a, a new uh, no tv tv's been great you know he's out there he, he works real hard in meetings. He's always taking notes. He's, a, he's really a student of the game, and he knows what he's doing out there. There's no hesitation in his calls and just his communication. So it's been it's been great to have him out there, and I'm excited for him. Greg, uh, look high back there. Uh, what, what are you – I think you faced him maybe a couple times in 2020. What are your, what are your take on him and what you've seen on film? In 2020? 2020, yeah. Yeah. I, I, never, I never went against Makai. I wasn't, I wasn't here. I wasn't here in 2020 yet, but – I know him from – I played against him in college when he was at Louisville and I was at Miami. So, obviously, big guy, uh, solid player, and I'm excited for, I'm excited for the challenge. I forgot about the gap here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you got a giant human in Makai Becton and a, and a pterodactyl in Greg Rousseau. You want to talk about the deep end of the gene pool. Holy cow. Watching those two behemoths Godzilla go against Rod- each other. Godzilla and Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> On the edge. <laughs> That's going to be something else. I might get glued to that for a little yeah. while. Yeah. You can't, on TV, you probably won't do it justice, although it, you may show up because they're both so tall. And if you're on the field level, like, you know, I used to be a sideline reporter, yeah. and those guys go, and it's like, you, you can't take your eyes off it. It's, you're, you're looking for skyscrapers that, for them to kick over, you know? I mean, it's just that <laughs> big. And you walk, you know, you see them coming off the field. Yeah, it's weird, man. And... They're just big, it's like man. They're, they're from just another big. Planet. They're like, it, 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 they're, it's striking. And plus, when you see them, like, you know, they're playing against each other man to man for keeps, right? For it's really important. You're trying to push each other out of the way or keep each other, like, against each other's will. Yeah. That's why it's a great sport, man. Yeah. It's just a great sport. You can't, you can't, 
you can't stage that any better than that. Let's go back to the post-practice podium where addressing the media now is first-time captain for the Bills, wide receiver Gabe Davis. We got him? We got him. He's coming up now. There he is. You went up against Sal Gardner quite a bit last year. You, he wound up uh, up against you. Uh, what was that like going up against like him? Um, you know, I feel like he's a good player. It's always fun to go against guys who, you know, are considered, you know, some of the best in the game right now. And be able to have the opportunity to go against him is always something, you know, that you want as a receiver. So I'm excited about this week to be able to go against him and him and Reed. Both great players. Um, Jets defense as a whole is is great. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a show, and we're all excited for for Monday night. It's made part of that point. Um, they gave you guys a tough time as a defense. I mean, they're a very challenging defense, and they, they seem to match up fairly well with you guys. What what in your preparation take me kind of into that? Whatever carryover there might be. From I just think for us, we just have to stick with the game plan and just execute it with you know. Effort, energy, and execution is our thing, and that's what we have to bring on Monday. In many primetime games, it's kind of commonplace at this point, but this Monday night football opening weekend, does that bring any extra juice to you? You just know it's going to be a, you know extra rowdy there, and you know it's a, it's a big deal because it's the start of the NFL season, but you just try to make it seem like it's just like every other game. Um, obviously, we're excited that we're a Monday night game playing against the Jets. You know, division game already, so it's going to be fun to go out there and compete. Gabe, Sean talked about this morning about how the, the team is now in the hands of the leaders and the captains. So what has been your messaging here as you guys start a long season? Um, for us, there's a couple, but the biggest one that I like and um, that we came up with was be present in the moment, you know. Um, I feel like a lot of us think a lot in the past or in the think about the future, but... Just be where your feet are at um, each and every step. And just be where you're at um, in that moment, I feel like, is the biggest thing. I feel like a lot of people get caught up in thinking ahead or thinking about, you know, what they could have done, you know, from the past. So just being where your feet are at is the biggest thing. Being a first-time captain, how has it been to be a part of some of those conversations with some of the vets on the team? Uh, it's special. It's just it, it, makes me, it makes me proud to say that I'm one of the captains of the Buffalo Bills in the situation that I'm in. Uh, listening to seeing the guys that are all in the room with me, a lot of respected players, and how I can be in the same room conversating about the same things, how my opinion matters, and um, the way I think, and they trust me with that. So it's definitely a, uh, a great feeling. Gabe, I asked uh, Steph yesterday about what's been different about Josh this summer, this spring. He said it's you could see the focus, you could see the confidence from your perspective. Play with him now, a bunch of years. What's been different to you? Um, I don't know. I feel like Josh has, has always been that same guy, that same dog uh, with that dog mentality. Um, we're just we're just taking an extra step of doing more together, um, doing more things together, watching more film together, throwing extra routes, just doing these things to be prepared each and every week. Um, so just being focused on, like I said, be present, be in the moment, being focused on the week we have ahead, and just taking it day by day. The group of you, the three of you as captains, are there aha moments, like on the practice field, that you take from the family there as you're kind of coming together? Um, 
yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, doing that, just being on the same page, uh, and then actually being able to go out there and execute it the way that we saw it was going to happen or think it was going to happen is definitely give you that boost of confidence to know, like, okay, this stuff is working. Let's let's keep staying on the same page and keep putting the work that we're putting in. All right, so that's Gabe Davis addressing the media there. We're going to break early here, so we have extra time on the back end for Micah Hyde, who is going to be addressing the media next. We want to see how he's feeling coming through two days of practicing. So we'll break here and be back with Micah Hyde after this on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. Ticketmaster is the presenting sponsor of the Buffalo Bills 2023 season. Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the NFL. We turn now to the post-practice podium where Micah Hyde is now addressing the media. I feel great. I feel great. Did a little more today, just you know, taking it day by day. But it felt great to be uh, to be out there doing a little more than than yesterday, and uh, still got a few days till Monday night, so I'm I'm, I'm good. I remember at some point during the offseason, you were talking about what it's going to be like for you to finally get back out there in this yeah. game. And I forgot what the word was you used to describe, like, how you're going to be. Um, but I, I just I can't imagine, does this have any chance, remote chance at all of keeping you off the field? No. Next question. I mean, would you have let it? Because, I mean, you've been looking forward to this since week two of last year, right? I mean, obviously, you got to listen to your body and whatnot. Um, but I feel great, so let's do it. What happened? Like, how did you injure? You know, it just uh, comes with old age, probably wrestling my son or something. I don't know. Uh, woke up and just felt a little tightness, so. But feeling a lot better now. Like, is it going to be like a kid in a candy shop type moment? That's exactly how it's going to be, Maddie. Night? Yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited. Uh, I'm super excited to get back out there and, and give it a go. Um, you know, missing a lot of games last year and then working my way through training camp uh, pretty healthy. To wake up, you know, and feel a little, a little soreness the other day was not ideal. But uh, like I said, did a little more today, and and um, and I'm ready, uh, gonna be ready for Monday night. I remember uh, being out there. Ooh, uh, well, I guess I was in there talking ball um, and and kind of going over all the game plans. But to be on the field, the walkthroughs, to be a part of them. Um, being more detailed within the play calls, talking to the the guys around me on how you know we see different formations, different plays, um, and and stuff like that. So uh, that's that's definitely what I what I miss within the the practice um, and the everyday meetings and stuff like that. The fact that you've been, you know Rogers, does that help you in your preparations, knowing him the way you do? I don't think it makes it any easier. Uh, he's just a he's a great quarterback. Um, obviously, you know history. Um, it shows what he's been able to do, and um, you know he's 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 went up to uh, to New York, and they got a lot of confidence. Um, that team is uh, very confident. They got a they got a you know Hall of Fame quarterback, and they got a lot of weapons around him. So um, you know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough challenge for us. And me knowing him from from the past, you know, obviously doesn't make it any easier. But um, you know, I think we got a pretty good football team. Also, what so dangerous. I didn't hear. Oh, he's 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 quick, um, super quick. Got a little speed to him. Um, young guy, and you know, I was I was watching him from the sideline last year. And I was really impressed of, of how he's able to create space. Um, he's a little twitchy. He can get open. Um, so uh, you know, definitely for for years to come, he's going to be one of, one of the best best receivers in the league. Has there been any communication with Aaron this week? No, no, no. 
No, nothing like that. You know, I think that it's a uh, week one is a long off season. Um, you know, getting prepared for uh, obviously when the schedule dropped, knew this game was coming up. Knew, saw he signed there, all that type of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, no communication. It might be a, a look or two um, when the when we get out on the field, but. You know, they we're both competitors, so I'm sure uh, maybe maybe conversation after the game or something. All right, that's Micah Hyde, who said he feels good. Did a little more in practice today than he did yesterday, Steve. And knowing he's got an extra day before the Monday night game, it sounds as though he anticipates being ready to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, Monday night is, you know, you get a little bit of a benefit. You get an extra day, you get a little time off, and – I don't know. I, and I don't and obviously his injury was not threatening in that way, you know, for a long extended time. So yeah, I'm you try and go you just got to go. Man, everybody wants to play. I mean, good grief, yeah. try and hold them back. They had to put Vaughn on I on the pup list before he wouldn't play. So it's kind of the same with Micah. Yeah. Gigantic show for you, the first Friday edition of the regular season. We've got Tailgate Friday, we've got the Fan Friday mailbag and of course from NFL Films, Greg Cosell to break this Titanic Week 1 matchup down. Steve and I will see you at 1.